I'm sharing out of Galatians 4 today. And, you know, we've been in this series for um, a little while. I don't know about you guys. I was talking to a friend and was like, I, I've read Galatians my whole life. I have it underlined everywhere. And yet I don't even know that I really understood Galatians until lately. And I've just been diving in. And so um, I am really honored to share with you guys this morning just what the Lord has been putting on my heart to share. And um, I just feel like we're just learning a lot of things. So if you have not been caught up on the classes or the, the teachings that Ryan's been doing, go online and check those out because they are powerful. And we're, he's gonna be digging in more. There's so much to unpack in one letter right? It's just, it's, it's a letter. And yet there's so many details and things to unpack. And so he's been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And then um, he, and I think Andy is going to unpack some more. Um, but today I felt, so I'm supposed to start with Galatians, not Ephesians, Galatians uh, 4.1. And I need to actually have a start in Galatians 3.23 because, um, I just think that that is part of the thought process that he was writing in. And as you know, it's a letter, so it wasn't meant to be cut up, chopped up into headings and, and uh, um, chapters. So we're gonna start in Galatians 3.23 if you want to, to go there. But Paul, he wrote this letter to the church of Galatia, we, uh, churches in Galatia. And... Um, Last week we were in inductive Bible study and it was interesting. There is, um, there was somebody that said, can you imagine being the churches in Galatia? See, they didn't have the Bible. We have the whole thing and they didn't have this. And so they were hungry. They were ready. They were expecting to hear from Paul. Like they, they were like, oh my gosh, we got a letter from Paul. We need to read it. And so they were like so excited and just like, what does he have to say? And so I want us to be able to read it like this, but also, you know, he, it's a very heartfelt, passionate letter, but Paul's a little ticked off. He's a little angry. There's some passion in him. There's some anger in him to say, why are they living the way that they're living? And I don't know about you guys, but when I get passionate about something, like you might want to get out of the way because I, I can get a little strong and, and, and I have to calm myself down a little bit. But, you know, he, he shared some strong words with them about their choices and decisions that they were making with what they believe and how they're living their lives. And so in Galatians 3.23, it says, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have been clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male nor female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Woo. So when Paul is talking about the law, he's talking about the law of Moses. 
And before Christ, it was the way to be justified to God, to be in right standing with God. So the law, it was very strict. It had consequences. And um, like Paul said, before faith in Jesus, they were held under custody of the law, locked to it, chained to it. They needed to follow it. That was the way to be. But then Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law by what he did on the cross and set them free from bondage of the law. So people didn't need to keep living by the law to be justified and right with God. They were justified by faith in Jesus. But the thing is, they were living by old ways. There were Jewish leaders that were telling them that that was the way to be justified. So you can see why this letter comes to them and you can feel how passionate and how adamant he is to get this point across. And then in verse 26, it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are children, are all children of God through faith. So when Paul is talking about being justified through faith in Jesus, it's very clear that he's talking about everyone. So we need to read about this in Acts 10. I'm not gonna read all of Acts 10 because that's a lot. But in Acts 10, it's talking about Cornelius sending for Peter because he had a word from the Lord. God told Cornelius, send for this guy. I need him to come here. So Peter and his guys, they get to where Cornelius is because they also got a word from the Lord and they were gonna be obedient. So they get to Cornelius' house. And it's at that moment when Peter and those that were with him were given a revelation that Holy Spirit Spirit, God's spirit was poured out on everyone. This was brand new information to them. And it, it wasn't just the circumcised, which means those that were under the law. So in verse uh, 1044 of Acts, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So the Holy Spirit was not just to be poured out on those that followed the law. The Holy Spirit was to be poured out on all those who had faith in Jesus. And that included everyone, Jews and non-Jews, every skin color, every single ethnic group on the planet, the sick, the disabled, the incarcerated, the slave, the elect, the orphan, the widow, the poor, the rich, men and women. Okay. So back to Galatians 3.29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Jesus was fulfilling the promise of Abraham that was spoken before the law existed. Okay. So now we're at chapter four. So chapter four, verse one, it says, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the same or until the time set by his father. So also when we were under age, we were slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent his spirit of his son to our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. You are no longer slave, 
but God's child. And since you are his child, you, uh, God has made you an heir. So as we get into chapter four, Paul is saying, there's no need to go living back under the law. If you were to do that, you are actually going back into slavery. And why would you do that? And so as an, he's, he's using the example of an heir that's underage. So when you're underage, you're still told what to do and how to do it until you come to the age when you can fully inherit what is yours. So as an underage heir, even though the inheritance is fully yours, you are still slave to those in charge of you. And your inheritance is only yours if you do good to receive it. So the churches in Galatia, they were believing that they had to live under this law. They were believing that even though Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And as Paul was saying, he's just like, stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. So verse four, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So redeem is to purchase back, to ransom, to liberate or rescue from captivity or bondage. And this picture that I got was the law is here and we're all following the law. And then Jesus comes and he takes the law, he redeems it and he hands us sonship. He adopts us into his family. And so the law, you know, it provided guidance, protection and discipline to Israel, but it couldn't set anyone free from slavery. That was not the point of the law and it couldn't do it. And the, you know, the law, it served for a time, it served its purpose, but then Jesus comes to the scene and he fulfills the law and it says redemption provided adoption to sonship. So now live as an heir, knowing your heavenly father loves you just as you are and knowing that he knows you're not gonna get it all right, but he's still gonna walk it out with you. He's still gonna love you and he's still gonna set you free from sin. So as an heir of God, you all receive what he wants to pour out in your life and you get to walk in the fullest relationship with him now. That is a miracle. So to live as a slave to the law looks different than sonship. And I just, I put a couple things up here that I wanted us to look at. So if you were to live as a slave, you need to prove your worth, but a, a son or a daughter knows their worth. If you were to live as a slave, you live with a scarcity mindset. But a son and daughter, they know their provider. To live as a slave, you live under authority, but a son and a daughter, they live under love. To live as a slave, you follow others. To live as a son and daughter, you initiate and lead. A slave needs permission, yet a son and daughter walk in step with the Holy Spirit. A slave is intimidated by others, but sonship, they walk in confidence. And a slave worships because of duty, but a son and daughter worship because of love. So he's saying to them, why would you go back to this way when there's another way? Why would you go back to being a slave again when you're called a son and a daughter and you're invited into a family? Why would you go back to bondage when freedom has been freely given to you? 
Galatians 4 says, because you are his sons, God sent his spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. See, the response of being filled with God's spirit and what pours out of our life in faith, with faith in Jesus is Abba, Father. That's what pours out of our life. We know our Father. It's not even that you have to work it up. It just pours out of your life. It's a personal relationship instead of a law-abiding slave mentality. Because we know that this letter was written to the churches in Galatia and it wasn't written to us. Ryan's been telling us that for a while. Um, You know, it's written to the churches that really knew what the law was and following the law, it was real to them. But we're now reading this. And so what is it speaking to us? How can we bring this to us? Like, what does God wanna say to our hearts? What can we learn from this passage of scripture and apply it to our lives? See, the question that I wanna ask you and for you to think about, so don't shout this out, is what are the things that you're enslaved to or going back to instead of walking in sonship and the freedom that God has given you through Jesus? What are you living in slavery? Where are you living in slavery instead of living in relationship with Holy Spirit? In Galatians 5.25, which is gonna come in a couple weeks, um, it says, since we live by the spirit, let's keep, let us keep in step with the spirit. This is like a life verse for me. Since I have the spirit living inside of me, I now get to partner with him and live with him and walk with him in everything I do. So where are you living in slavery instead of in relationship with Holy Spirit? Are you living in step with God Or is something else leading your life? Is a mindset, a belief about yourself that is probably a lie, um, a belief about others, is that what's leading your life? Is it something that you grew up with believing about Jesus that just isn't true? Is there a substance that's easy to grab instead of seeking the Lord? Is that what's leading your life? Maybe you're coming out of religion and not sure how to do life without rules that religion puts on you. I remember um, a while ago, I was working the Welcome Center and I remember somebody coming their first week of being here and they had come out of a religious environment and they were just floundering, not sure what to do. And they came to me knowing that I was a pastor here and they were like, so what do we do? Do we, do we go get counseling? Is that what we do? Where, where do we get counseling? And I just looked at them, I was like, what? And they were like, do we serve? Where do we serve? Who, who do we talk to to serve here? And I was like, uh, I was kind of stunned. And I was like, what, what's going on? And they were just like, well, those are what we were told to do before. Where do we do that? And I said, did the Holy Spirit tell you to go get counseling? And they were like, well, no. And I said, okay, well, did the Holy Spirit tell you to serve here? And they were like, well, no, isn't that just what we do? And I said, you know what I would do is I would put that before the Holy Spirit and then wait on him to tell you to do those things and then go do them. And they were just like, what's going on? See, they were so used to just doing what they were told 
that following the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that was all new to them. They didn't even know that they weren't doing that. That's crazy, right? I was talking to a friend this week and I didn't even know really what I was gonna be sharing with you guys this morning. And we were talking about how when we are in a religious environment, we know the rules, we know what's expected. And so in some ways that's easier than following Holy Spirit. In some ways it can be, because you know what's expected. And so, you know, a slave mentality for me, I grew up in Foursquare. You're in a Foursquare church right now and I grew up Foursquare. But even in the church that I grew up in, there was still some, some religious things going on. And so for me, I knew the rules. I was very clear, I'm a rule follower. That is in life. It's just my life. I, I wanna know the rules because I think they keep me safe. And so I'm gonna follow them. So how, can somebody just tell me what they are? So I will look for the leader and find out the rules every time I walk into a room. Cause that, I just need to know. And that's just how I'm wired. But when I was growing up, I knew the rules because I was desperate to be loved and accepted in my community. So when I first moved here at 15, about 15-ish, almost 16 years ago, I was a doer. Ryan, tell me what to do and I'm gonna do it and I will kill myself to do it. I will give everything I have. Eric and Ashley know. I gave my life to prove that I was worth it, to prove that I was worth keeping around, to prove that I could do the best job and they needed me but I was also trying to be loved and accepted in a new community of people. And I didn't know any better. So I would go to Ryan, who's a visionary and say, what are, you, what are we doing? And then I would pull it off as good as possible. And if I didn't, I was beating myself up because I had, he's gonna pull away from me. You know, they're, they're gonna tell me I need to go away. I mean, that was the life that I lived, a rule follower. So as I've been in counseling for the past 10 plus years, I've experienced so much healing from the Lord. And what I've seen in my life over the past few years is I know who I am. I am a daughter of God. I am deeply loved and no person is going to tell me any different. And I don't need your approval and your acceptance for me to walk out confidently who God says I am. But that has taken years, people. That is counseling and dealing with my stuff, right? I've encountered Jesus and the fulfillment of what he did on the cross and I've received the gift of sonship intended for me to live a life full of him and walking with him. So the result is sonship. The result is over the past few years, I get things done. I'm still doing a good job. I still work real hard, but... It never is to earn my place. It never is to earn my value, my worth, or your love, ever. So the crazy thing is, is I'm sitting with my friend and we're talking about how religion is easier to follow sometimes than Holy Spirit. And I'm having this revelation about how I used to think that I was not a visionary. I'm not someone that has vision. I follow the people that have vision. I go and I can do. And that was the life that I lived because I was not following fully the Holy Spirit in my whole life. 
So as I have walked this out, what I now know is in the last few years, I have so much vision. I'm good at helping somebody with their vision, but I'm also following the lead of Holy Spirit in my life. And I am a visionary. He has things for me specifically that I get to champion and run with. And that because, that's because I know who I am. So I was once enslaved to let me serve your vision and receive your love and acceptance. Two, I am a daughter that is fully loved and accepted. And with Holy Spirit, I'm a visionary walking out the plans that he has for my life. That's, that's a huge change, right? So are you walking out life as a slave or as a child of God? What are you enslaved to? Now, I'm not proud of this next thing I'm gonna tell you, but I still felt like the Holy Spirit said to do it. Because I think that we get enslaved to things more than we know it, okay? So when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was in a pretty ugly relationship and uh, it was pretty um, verbally and emotionally abusive. And so I was very insecure. And the one thing that I could do to make this guy mad and just think that I was standing on my own was he hated when my friends went out to go smoke cigarettes. So I joined him and I became a smoker, a social smoker. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I know it ticks you off. I was super mature. I made a really good move in becoming a smoker. It was just what I did, right? And I, you know, I, I remember it then going from just trying to tick him off to becoming a habit where when I was out of control, like didn't feel like I had control of my life or when I was in pain with something, that's when I would go pick up a cigarette. And so I did this for years. Um, I don't even know how many years, but years. And then I became a youth pastor and I totally hit it. No one was gonna know, especially where I was from. You, that is one of the laws, you don't do that. And so I was like, don't tell anybody what I'm doing, right? And I mean, I got, some people found out and I did get threatened and it was gonna be ugly, but their words weren't gonna affect me. It was Holy Spirit, I needed an encounter with him. So one night I was in some pain. I was, I was early twenties. I was struggling being single and all the things. And there was just some stuff going on. And I went out onto my patio secretly smoking where no one could see me because I lived alone. And clear as day, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, are you gonna keep choosing that over coming to me? It was kind of like as loud as my voice right now. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And in that moment, I, you know, I felt that thing that I'm talking to you guys about, slavery, Jesus, invitation to sonship, right? He didn't say to me, you're in sin and I'm disappointed in you. He didn't say to me, measure up, you're doing horrible things. What he said to me was, hey, I'm right here. Let's go deeper, me and you. And in that moment, I went into my bathroom, I flushed the cigarettes and I wasn't choosing those over him to this day. It wasn't a thing for me because I realized that it's him. He wanted to set me free from the thing that was enslaving me. And he wanted those moments with me. He wanted to speak to my heart. But see, then I had a choice the next day to choose to walk in freedom 
and the next day to choose to walk in freedom and not to numb. And then the next day to where it came to the point where I'm always choosing freedom over whatever it is that could numb that place in me. So is that something that you can relate to? Is there a substance or a numbing mechanism in your life, something that you choose instead of Jesus? There's so many things, you guys, our phones, they're so accessible. Like, our, you know, staying busy, that's a big one. I mean, yeah, there is all alcohol, there is drugs and stuff. Those are very obvious, but what about another person? What if you go to another person over going to Jesus first? That's codependent. That's a thing. So, <laughs> but see, you name it, there is always something available to make us feel better in the moment. But what happens when we become slave to it, that our choice begins to, we are walking in freedom and we're not receiving that sonship and that, that relationship with God that he wants for us and wants with us. A son who knows his father will go to him with all the things, whereas a slave will try and get rid of the feeling, the noise, the pain, and go to substance instead of Jesus. And another thought I had on this was the church in Galatia, they knew that Jesus had fulfilled the law and that they were justified by faith. They knew that, but they were still going back to the law. They were still going back to old ways. And so the thought that I was having as I was talking to the Holy Spirit was, how many times do we get healed of something or set free of something or lay something down and then it comes back up and we pick it back up? because it is very familiar, right? So speaking about codependency, you know, we have a class here that you, it's, it's, it's like about breaking it off of our lives because in all honesty, probably most of us in this room, if not all of us deal with codependency at some point in our life, if not all the time. And so we have this class and you can be set free from codependency and dependent on the Lord. That is the goal right? And that's what that class is teaching us. And it's showing you all the ways that you might be codependent, but you could walk out of that class and it may be fresh to you, or you might be years down the line and you're still needing to not choose what's familiar, right? Codependency can be super familiar. And you're like, God, it's just easier to choose that. It's just easier to walk with someone that's right here and pull everything out of them than it is to go to God and trust Holy Spirit and say, okay, what do you have for me? Maybe I won't hear you today. I mean, we have those doubts and those things in our mind. And he's like, I'm right here. I am in you. I want to walk in step with you. I wanna speak to you about everything that you're walking through. I want to break codependency off of your life and remove it for good. When we truly know the Father and know his unconditional love for us and know his true character and then his desire for intimacy with us, there will be nothing that we can't talk to him about. There will be nothing that we can't bring to him. So I'm gonna call the worship team up because we're gonna 
have a, um, some ministry time in here a little bit, but I'm going to tell you guys a story that I was talking to Andy and Ryan about the other day, and I was kind of like, oh, do I, I, but it is a picture, I believe, of the father that maybe some of you don't have, and it's a little bit of a ridiculous story, but that's fine. You're going to laugh, and it's fine. So when I was about eight or nine years old, um, I really loved chips, and I'm not talking about potato chips. I loved the show, the TV show, Chips. <laughs> Right, so all of you that are over 40 know what I'm talking about. And Chips had Poncherello and John, and I watched it every day, right after Little House on the Prairie. And this was my show, right? I loved it. And there was this one episode where Ponch finally found his wife. He finally got married and it was a beautiful wedding. And then they went to a rehearsal in this park and all of a sudden there's a dog. And then all of a sudden the dog's running across the street and the bride's running after the dog in her, in her um, wedding dress. And then she gets hit by a car and dies, right? Totally horrible, <laughs> horrible. I mean, that storyline, I'm like, what? It just, as a little kid, you're like, I never want to get married because that's going to happen to me. Like, I mean, it's just horrible. So the thing is that um, I was an emotional eight-year-old and I could not handle what I had just seen. I knew that that was a TV show but I couldn't handle it. And even to this day, I cry at everything, so it's fine. But I was so emotional in that moment and my mom was so annoyed. And she's in the kitchen trying to make dinner and she's like, oh my gosh, it's a TV show, knock it off. And to me, I am grieving. I am deeply sad. I cannot, I am hysterically crying. And praise the Lord, my dad walked in at that moment and he's sitting down at the dining room table and he's taking off his shoes after he just got off of work. And he hears me crying and I'm in the living room and he's like, KJ, what's going on? Come here. And so he invites me to sit on his lap and I can't even get words out because I'm so emotional. And I'm just like, dad, you know, like died. She died. She died. And he's like, who died? Like he was not annoyed with me. He was not frustrated with me. He was not telling me that I needed to suck it up and that it was just TV. He was trying to understand my heart. He was trying to console me. He was just putting his arms around me and calming me down, which is what I needed in that moment. And as funny and as ridiculous as that story is, that moment gave me a view of who our heavenly father is. See, as his children filled with his spirit, we are welcome to come to him in whatever it is that we're walking through. He's gonna comfort our hearts. He's gonna listen to what we're saying and what's going on. He's gonna meet us with love and understanding and he's gonna give us direction to walk out of it. See, Paul, he had experienced and knew what was true. He was speaking in this letter to the church, churches in Galatia with passion and with understanding and with a heart for them to stop going back to the old ways, for them to stop going back to the law and, and realize that they have a heavenly father 
that wants to meet with them and that they are set free because of their faith in Jesus and who he was and what he did for them. So, am I gonna live as a son or daughter or am I gonna live as a slave? Is what's gonna pour out of my life Abba Father or is it gonna be begging and seeking and hoping and all the things? If it's not to be a son or daughter, let's get there. What is it that you're enslaved to? See, here's the thing too, I wrote this down. You could be enslaved to something that's not bad. It got you this far. It helped get you here to this moment. So I'm not saying that everything is so, so bad. And, you know, just like what, what Holy Spirit said to me, he didn't say you're in sin and you need to get out of this. He said, I love you. I'm here for you. Come on, let's go. And I really believe that there are some things that are coming up in you that need to be healed. You're choosing things that are enslaving you because of pain in your life. And he wants to meet you in those places. And you have learned to live life this way for so long. And I really feel as I've just been praying for you, I just felt God say, I don't want you to live there anymore. That's not my heart for you. I want you to be free. I want you to know me. I want you to know my goodness. I want you to be a visionary in your life. I want you to walk in step with me, not be held down and captivated by these things that are not good for you. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna step into worship and I wanna invite you to take communion. We have communion over here and we have it over here. And I, this is just a personal thing for you and him. See, communion represents Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. And just as I've been saying, there was law and then there was Jesus and there's sonship. I want you to go to the communion table with that thing that's the law in your life that you're enslaved to. And I want you to receive Jesus. And I want you to be set free and I want you to walk out of this place as sons and daughters that know who their father is that they know his voice and that they move with him in everything that they do. I want you to know him deeply. So we're just gonna enter in. And so I just bless you, Jesus. I just bless this family right now. I just ask God that you would just be ministering to our hearts and that we would receive all that you have for us, that we would lay down those things that have been entangling us for so long those old ways of doing things that have just been natural to us, we lay them down. And if there's places of healing that you need to meet us in, start to reveal those to us, God. We wanna know you. We wanna be set free from those places that have been hurting us for so long that we've been guarding and saying, well, this is just how it is. It's not just how it is. He has healing for us. And so Jesus, heal our hearts. And let us walk out of here as sons and daughters, set free and healed and full of life, living in the fullness that you have created for us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.